Hello, it is October 5th, 2022, and you're listening to the Gridiron Fantasy Football Podcast. Scott, how's it going? Another Gridiron Fantasy Football podcast. This is for week four. Uh, just to review what we've already done in this last week, uh, we are both coming off losses again in, in the Gridiron, which is not great, not wonderful, um, but we are not out. We are not out yet. Uh, you know, not every every season goes the way you want it to, especially early on, but let's not talk about that yet. Well, How the season, doing? I, I'm doing, I'm doing great. I'm You're doing okay. Great. My you margin sure? for error, my margin for error is a lot smaller now. But does anybody ever remember how the season started? No. Or is it how it ends? That's only how it ends. What are you drinking there, by the way? I saw that you were drinking oh. something. You know, I wanted something to match my shirt. You know, true. Um, You're so going very salmon today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, like it. salmon shirt, pink lemonade with vodka over here, though. Nice. Okay. All right. That's a oh, yeah. that's a hell of a Wednesday. Yeah. Things got busy this week. We are, you know, trying to put together, uh, you know, a semblance of of some some decent research and and whatnot. So yeah, we're doing it on a Wednesday and not a Tuesday. Sorry for anybody who was waiting on that. You know, listen, you're coming off a loss, Scott. But I got to be honest with you. Um, and I know we discussed this prior. You know, you didn't want to really pound the fact that you're on four. It's nothing to be ashamed of being on four. You're only two games well, back at the playoffs, literally. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, I'm impressed with our audience because obviously Lamar Jackson, Tua Tungle-Violoa, and freaking uh, Geno Smith listened to our podcast because every time I played them, they had career numbers, literally. Just, yes. I mean, must have listened to every word I said about how much they fucking suck and just just went just went just bonkers against me so congrats to them except for Tua I do feel bad for you we'll talk about that eventually um I I maybe you got a victory with Baker because so far he's pretty shitty um I know you oh oh do I get to play against Baker this week no I know you haven't played against him but I was going to say, Baker's going to have a career day. Oh, my God. I don't think that's possible. You should maybe just put your DraftKings, look at who I'm playing against, and just line up your DraftKings team, and boom, you should be good good to go. uh, Who are you playing this week? Jalen Hurts? Maybe. Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi. He might go go nuts. Zappi to Parker. I heard that's uh, electric, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about 0-4. And, and I, I do not want to pound you. This is not a a uh, a roast by any means. You know, but the more you... you say it, the more believable it is. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, but are are you pressing the panic button? Is the panic button pressed? 
No, because if I press the panic button, then that means that the vultures are going to be, I mean, just pecking away. They're circling yes. right now. They're fucking mm-hmm. circling. I see them. But they're not, you know, just, you know, just going at it yet because I've been kind of just discarding trades or, you know, making, uh, you know, uh, counters that are, you know, obviously in my favor because just because I'm 0-4 doesn't mean I'm going to gift you the playoffs because you're on your way already. So, yeah. uh, no, no panic. Look, I the random players I bet on in the preseason happened to suck in the first five weeks of the regular season. Mm-hmm. That's all that's happened so far. Yep. No, Absolutely. Um, and, and that's kind of, you know, what I want to talk about is when is the time to give up on those players? T- to you, when is it like, okay, so you drafted somebody, let's just say DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, I mean, in some circles, Christian McCaffrey, some of these running backs that just aren't performing well. Uh, Russell Wilson on the quarterback side, Matthew Stafford. When is it time to say, listen, I don't care what you were worth five, six, seven weeks ago. Right now, I'm going to sell you for whatever I can get, and we're just going to go in a different direction. When is that time? Is that time right now? Uh, I think it's kind of a market value um, crossing point, basically. His preseason value, his regular season actuality, and if you can talk to someone that still finds their preseason value to be holding strong, basically – get them, get a trade with them because the person owning that person, DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts has been living with the, with the reality of their points, which is probably jack shit. So if someone still believes in their preseason value, sell on that perceived value and take a win because I'm sorry, if Kyle Pitts or DJ Moore has a good game this season, that might be it. It might be a good game and that's not going to help you get anywhere right now. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with that. And I think it's on a case-by-case basis. You have to take it on a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. because you really honestly can't just say, you know, listen, I am 0-4, 0-3. Let's just sell all my stars. You can't. It's not possible. Now, you, I mean, I would hope that if you have a fantasy team and and if it's bad or it's whatever, you at least watch some of the games. You've at least seen some of these people play. Jonathan Taylor's having a rough time, okay? He's just – things don't look great. That offense is is running – it looks rusty. Everything looks broken and 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 disgusting. I don't care what the statistics say. Matt Ryan looks like he cannot move the ball down the field, and people are stacking the box against Jonathan Taylor. So is it time to say, hey, Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to sell you for nothing? I mean, it's up to the manager, but in my opinion, I would say no. I would say, you know, the past two years, Jonathan Taylor, two years ago, 24th after four weeks. Last year, 21st after two weeks or after four weeks. He ended up first or second in both those years. Okay. Right now he's 24th in overall points in a, at a running backs. Okay. I mean, this is a microcosm of the season. Yes. The fantasy season, we are what a third of the way, uh, a little bit less than third of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not enough sample size to say, definitively say, that some of these players that we drafted really high, whether it be Pitts, whether it be Moore, whether it be Taylor, whether it be, you know, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, in these in these super flex or two quarterback leagues, that's not enough time to diagnose them for a full year. Now, the most important thing, obviously, because you're not going to make no changes, you're not going to say, well, I'm sticking yeah. with my my guys. The most important thing, obviously, is to get points and wins and to get them right now because 0-5, I 
is starting to get in the territory. I've talked about it in the gridiron. The number of wins that you have to get to is seven. Okay. So we have uh, 10 games left. All right. Seven and three is about what you have to do the rest of the year. You have little room for error, but you do have room for error. Seven and three is a good, a, a good start, but it's not a, uh, an immaculate, you know, run out of 10 games. So it definitely is possible. And it honestly depends on the rest of your league. We've had years in the gridiron where six wins get you in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not last awesome. year. It was eight last year. It was eight. So it, it does fluctuate. It does fluctuate. It depends on the top and the bottom and how polar they are. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right now you have some, some only or one in three teams uh, that are, that are down there that are struggling. If those teams continue to struggle and the people at the top continue to to do well, you could have a six win, uh, uh, you know, middle of the middle of the road playoff person. Uh, it's just we just have to see how it plays out. But honestly, 0-4 is a bad start. But I've seen people go 0-4. We see it every year. Somebody goes 0-4, back to 4-4 four and four in the middle of the pack. Uh, you know, you just got to stay the course, have to stay the course. Um Speaking of trades, we've done a trade where we did a trade two weeks ago. At the time, there was a lot of strong opinions on it. I, I don't know if you recall this trade. Um, oh, yeah. Was, I, I liked it. I thought it was right. a good trade. It was – uh, let me give you the exact trade here. But it was Goff and James Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Goff, Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, and Cole Holcomb, middle linebacker for the for the Commanders, mm-hmm. for Matt Ryan, Adam Thielen, Najee, and Foy Aluakon. So you forgot Robinson, James Robinson. No, I said so. Goff, Robinson, oh, yeah. Dobbs, okay. And, okay, and Holcomb, yeah. and Holcomb. Yeah. I mean, just you look at that, and people were 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 had strong opinions, and on the wrong side, <laughs> they thought that I had stolen Najee Harris. Now you look at it, Jared Goff's QB4. James Robinson's a top 10 running back. Romeo Dobbs is looking like he could be the Packers' number one receiver. And Cole Holcomb is Cole Holcomb. On the other side, Najee is Najee. I mean, he hasn't really increased or, or decreased in, in a mm-hmm. lot of different ways. Um, and you have Matt Ryan and Adam Thielen who aren't blowing anything out of the water by any means. So, you know, I think you won that trade, man. I really do. I think. I mean, I, it's it's gotten to be a little even because you turned Najee into Tyreek Hill. Um, Foya Luakon stayed pretty solid as as a linebacker, um, whereas Holcomb has been has just kind of been very droppable. I know you got rid of Thielen, but he's even playing better. You know. Yeah, I know you got rid of Thielen, but he even he's been playing better. And even Matt Ryan, when I traded him, it was it was a week after he went negative four, but he's been playing a little bit better as well. So I think it's been a little bit more even than people thought. But yeah, people thinking that you stole that trade at the time, possibly because Robinson hadn't had a breakout game. Golf was looking okay. I mean, he was looking good, and Dub and and Daubs Dubs um, was still kind of. Uh, shaky on Aaron Rodgers' confidence, but now everything has has definitely turned out a little bit better, and that's why I think you know 
my team's gotten a lot better in the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, but I'm just just keep getting snaked out of the wind though. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. Dobbs, like I said. Or uh golf was a punchline in our league. I mean, he was somebody yeah. that people looked at and were, were like, This guy sucks and you know, what are we he's he's not a good quarterback. He, you know, Detroit needs to move on from him. He's he's fantasy irrelevant. He's bottom five quarterback. I mean, he was drafted as such. And here he is, top of the league. I mean, I'm super impressed with what he's done. Last week without St. Brown and without DJ Chark, yeah. he ran a train on the Seattle defense and was just an amazing – he was actually in the Millie Maker in DraftKings as, as number one quarterback, him and uh, Geno. And, I mean, I – I think that that is the the gym that you got out of that trade. That that is what won it for you altogether. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it's just the way you look at it. You know, things change from week to week. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, people were mm-hmm. were laughing. I know you're on four, but that's, I mean, that's a good solid ground to stand on going forward. Yeah. No, I like I, I like my team. That's why I just I just hate the record. Right. We have a few trades that happened in our league right mm-hmm. now. Um, let's talk about this one. Stafford and Boyd, who you may think is an afterthought. Stafford and Boyd for the collection of Dallas QBs, Dak and Rush. Who do you think wins that? It's tough because it's hard to say that the person that has to hold two QBs is better off than the person with one, basically, because mm-hmm. Cooper Rush has been playing great. Um, you know, you have his backup in case Dak comes back and they're unsure about his health. I don't, I just, I don't like Stafford right now. I don't like Stafford at all right now. And, you know, between the doctor reports about his elbow and, you know, how bad they looked on Monday night, there's just, there seems to be a lot of times that, like, once the defense kind of dials in on their little, uh, you know, halfback dive for three yards and that doesn't go anywhere. And then, you know, you just kind of, uh, to me, manhandle Cooper cup. I don't know why people don't just press him, but I think it's harder whatever. than it looks. I, I mean, honestly, I think it's, they give it's... him a free release every time. Then they go, Oh my God, he's a great route runner. And it's like, so beat him up, beat, yeah. beat him the fuck up. This is a physical game. Go up and punch him in the face and see what happens. I've never seen anybody play press with him. Everybody stands off, and then he goes, oh, they're playing five yards off outside coverage, so I'm going to switch my route to inside. And then he gets the ball, and everybody's like, wow, it was amazing. It's like, just, I I don't know. If anything, make someone else beat you. Double him and make someone else beat you because nobody else is going to beat you. And that's I think that's what the Niners did on on Monday night, and they wrecked him. I mean, yeah, Um, I I think that the – the DAC side of this trade absolutely won out. Um, mm. Stafford is on the list of people that I think are not playing at 100%, whether it be Jameis, Najee, uh, you know, Stafford. These people are playing injured. They are not he, playing 100%. I have that list in this list of people that aren't going to finish the season in their current role. Well, I mean, I don't know if current role as in – like, like, is he going to be the starter at the end of the year? Like, not because of just performance. Like, if he was going, if he, if it continues down this route, it's not like they're going to be like, well, you're benched because you suck. Just won the Super Bowl. 
I mean, he's a really good quarterback. He just, if he was a, I don't know how many times we have to say this. If he was a baseball player, he'd be out for the year. Yeah. He'd be having surgery on his arm. It's that bad. But because of the different angle that he throws a football at, they're going to let him play. It just doesn't look good. doesn't look like he's got the zip. And and because he doesn't have zip, it's not like he's going downfield very often. I mean, if you notice, how many times did he go downfield? And I mean really downfield, 20-plus yards. Every cup throw was in that 5 to 15-yard range. Yeah. And and that's great. That's wonderful. Um, but he he's not going downfield. I Stafford's game is going downfield. Stafford's game is finding people uh twenty plus yards. So I don't know. I don't I don't really it was like the Higby and Cup show on Monday and it just kind of showed that uh, you know, he's he's unstable and he, he's not a very mm-hmm. good fantasy quarterback at this point. So I really like uh what what the maestro did in grabbing uh, you know, the, the Dallas QBs. I know you got one more week of Cooper Rush, but I mean, come on, we got to respect the guy now, right? He's he hasn't lost. He's he's been playing great football. Yeah. You know the his stats don't lie, and they they may even hold Dak out one extra week with how good Cooper Rush has been playing. He can't throw the ball at the moment, so I mean that is an option. But I I don't mind Cooper Rush. I mean he's really exactly. He's really uh, solidified himself as a quarter, backup quarterback that can actually play. And he's mm-hmm. probably made himself a lot of money in, in winning these three games and, and vaulting the, uh, the Cowboys into this race with the undefeated Eagles. Uh, another trade here that you want to know about, Kareem Hunt for Hunter Rimfro. Why, why yeah, don't you think one... this even? Uh, well, I mean, Kareem Hunt's actually been playing really well. And I mean, I mean, he's not doing great. He's, but he's been playing well for backup running back and Hunter Renfro. I mean, I guess he's been injured, but even the games he did play, he didn't play great. And he's got a bye week after next week. I I just didn't see the appeal. Whereas to me, Kareem Hunt is a decent backup. And if Chubb goes down, which has happened in the past, he's all of a sudden RB1. So absolutely. and that's why you hold on to him. That's why you trade for him. Uh, is for that that option where something happens to Chubb, which has happened in the past, mm-hmm. and he becomes our RB one. I guarantee there will be Hunt two touchdown weeks, whether mm-hmm. Chubb is in or whether he's not. There will be Hunt two touchdown weeks uh, in 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 weeks to come. However, this week. So I was on the fence about keeping Naheem Hines. So coming up here mm-hmm. on this week, Jonathan Taylor's been rolled out for Thursday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't – the other running back that's on the roster, or they're going to bring up um, old boy Philip Lindsay from the yeah. practice squad. He may get some work because Naheem Hines isn't like a bell cow back, but – there is no situation here that I think Naheem Hines doesn't get a majority of the work, whether it be on the ground or through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to start Naheem Hines this week, at least. And I also have Jeff Wilson, who looked pretty good last week as a as another option. So at receiver, I just didn't have the depth. You're just trying to balance out that depth. Uh, mm-hmm. And really, honestly, right now, if you look at what's available at running back 
in any league you're in, it was like Tyler Algier and nothing else. There was like nothing at running back that came, that we learned about something new this week. There's nothing. Um, at receiver, there wasn't that much either. There's just nothing in free agency. You know, it's dry. It's super dry. I mean, I'll give you an insight into my watch list. Uh, Nico Collins, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alec Pierce, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. None of these people really tip the needle, right? It's nothing yeah. exciting. So, um, yeah, I went ahead and, and moved that and give me some depth and, and maybe Renfro becomes the guy. I'm always in for volume. People who are in the game and people who get thrown at and, and Hunter Renfro in the past has been a target monster. He's had some struggles earlier on the season, but I think the upside is there too. Uh, for him to be a, a pretty good wide receiver three. I agree. No, yeah. I think I think he could. He has the he has the ability to to break out for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have one more trade that I wanted to go over. I'm not going to go over the Mike Edwards for Ayuk thing. Um, in in our league, defense is at a premium. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Uh. And it's interesting to see how it translates to offensive players. So like Brandon Ayuk, you would probably rank him in the 40s at receiver, maybe the high 30s mm-hmm. at receiver. I mean, how does that translate to a defensive back uh, who is, I mean, he's doing really well. Mike Edwards is doing absolutely well, but Brandon Ayuk, I mean, that's, yeah, but Mike Edwards is so hard to gauge. Mike Edwards always has like a touchdown or or one or two touchdown games that completely skew all his numbers. And the rest of the rest of the weeks, he's like, okay. Means thus far, four weeks, uh, eighteen tackle solos, sixteen tackle assists. He's getting in the game. Uh, he's he's making some moves. So. I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 something that's unique about our league. That's not that you that doesn't really transfer over to to any other leagues. Um, is that defense to offense uh, transfer there? But uh, but yeah, it's super interesting mm-hmm. that that uh, that he would go and do that. All right, enough for trades. I don't want to. I don't want to get into Bailey Zappi or anything like that. Let's uh, move into. Let's talk about pet peeves okay i've been doing a lot of trade talks over the last like two weeks i'm sure you've been in some kind of uh you know trade talks with somebody around the lake what bugs you the most about when you're in conversations with people you know trading and whatnot um i mean i guess just people trying to go for you know best player on your team and and ask and giving you nothing in return basically just trying to see if you'll, you know, hit accept by accident or, you know, just kind of if you're feeling low or uh, at that point, basically, you know, that's what I was talking about the vultures circling before, you know, not really even trying to give a fair trade sometimes and some have, but it's just when you're there and they're thinking, Oh, well, he's going to give up on the season. Let me see if I can just, you know, get all of his best pieces out of him for some mm-hmm. of my bench fodder. I think that that's what really annoys me. What about you? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I made a list here, and that sounds like the has to be uneven guy. And what I mean uh, by yeah. the has <laughs> to be uneven guy, like he has to win every trade. Um, 
I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here, but I had a trade set out. I'm not going to name any names because that would be irresponsible and 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 slander. But it's like the trade was even, and we agreed the trade was even, but he had to get something on top. It had to be something that tipped the needle his way so he had win, won the trade. And I feel like this happens every time with this person, where it's like, I'm not going to trade something even because I may lose. I need it to be clear cut. I win the trade, lopsided whatever that bugs me i think it's also part of the fact that since we have our like uh group chat it's like becomes a public it becomes a topic of discussion uh, almost immediately when any trade goes through too yes. so it's like that kind of like fear of embarrassment you know oh yeah yeah and and the fear of unknown i mean it's it's terrible mm-hmm. um i think the unresponsive person everybody knows the unresponsive guy the guy who either uh, can't look at his team until Sunday morning or uh, doesn't respond to trades, doesn't uh, go back and forth. You might text him. He might say, hmm, or I'm thinking about it or you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah, hmm. something, yeah, something along those lines. Um, let's see. The indecisive person, the person who says, I don't know, or, uh, you know, the says you know i i'm not sure about this guy let me look at it i'll get back to you um the, the person that just can't decide oh, man, I, I know that guy in our league i've i've had like days and days of discussions about making a trade and we basically agree on it and then yeah i can't pull the trigger yeah i can't, can't pull do the trigger. it and i'm like what the hell are we doing here well just say like i don't want to do this just say that just say hey i'm not i this isn't what I want. I don't want to do this. Just say that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I absolutely know that. Uh, the shame trade. No, I won't do that because that's the worst one. The spam trader is the guy that sends trades to everybody in the league just trying to get rid of somebody that he's going to drop. Ugh, disgusting. Just sending out trades for somebody who maybe got hurt or maybe is now a backup or See if he can get value out of somebody who he's clearly has no value. Like, just drop him, dude. Just get rid of him. Take your L. Like, stop trying to take people off my team. Anyway, this is the worst. This is the worst guy. The shame trader. Number one. And by shame trader, this is what I mean. Comes to you with an offer, right? And says, I'll give you this person and this person and this person for your one person. And you say, nah, I'm good. Okay, why? Well, because I I believe in this person. I, I think he's going to get better. It doesn't make sense. This is this trade is so good for you. Look at my three players. Look at how good they are here, their statistics. Here's why you should accept the trade. You're terrible at trading, blah, blah, blah. Like, that is bad. Like, Everybody has their own team and can make their own decisions. Even if you are offering some sweetheart deal to somebody and and it an obvious sweetheart, if he doesn't want to do it, that's it. You're just not gonna be able to get that player. Period. I mean But I'm pretty sure that shaming 
the person you're trying to sell a product to is like key to making making the deal happen you know they always say shame to close the deal so uh, yeah that's a that's a a solid selling technique i i it just that makes me mad it happened in another league uh where i had jonathan taylor after week two and somebody you probably should have taken that deal <laughs> <laughs> no it was like alan robinson and antonio gibson or something like Ooh. that yeah and it well was i'd like, rather hold on to jonathan taylor <laughs> yeah it was something along those lines but it was like three people and he said, you know, these guys are solid and I drafted them in the, you know, so-and-so round and whatever. And he goes, if you're just going to give up on your season, that's fine. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, are you, you're, do you want to run my but team? Did, he tried to sell you preseason value. I drafted yes. him in the whatever. <laughs> he tried to sell you preseason value. <laughs> yes. He tries to sell preseason value for people who have yeah. underperformed in the first few weeks. And then when you say wow. no, he gets upset. Or he gets mad. Like that is disgusting. You are terrible. Yeah, uh, I might at that point I might just be like, look, don't bother him with any more offers. We're not trading. I don't I don't care what the offer is. It is rejected. Yeah, exactly. I've done that. I have trade embargoes on people in different leagues and been like, Hey, yeah. I don't care if it helps me or hurts me. I'm not gonna trade with you. And I know we have yeah. somebody in our league that has a trade embargo on everybody, but I mean that's not here. I wouldn't mind being the kind of guy that you have to, you know, have a drink with to make a trade with. Trade, right. You know? Yes. So, um, there, there are those people where you have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have somebody in our league who's super visual, has to mm-hmm. see the player and get excited about the player to trade for him. Stats doesn't do it for him. Uh, you know, legacy of the player does not do it for him. Like he has to literally see a video of the player kicking ass for him to be interested or somebody, you know, local or hometown. That's, that's the person in our league. Um, he's also Mr. Undecisive and Mr. Unresponsive. So he's all wrapped. He's got a lot of names. He's got a lot of names. A lot of, he wears a lot of hats. All right, let's get into overreaction Wednesday. And this is a tough conversation to have. But I think it's a good one to have. And let's talk about concussions. Let's talk about Tua's concussion. Um, You know, I'm going to preface this by saying we're not doctors, okay? I know it's fun to... I don't don't think the doctors in the fucking league are doctors right now either. But (laughs) hey, let's get into it. They're firing made-up doctors. Doctors are, are making shit up, throw people back on the field. Sure, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like, I know it's, we're not doctors, so we can't really say whether it was right or wrong, but what do you think of him playing last Thursday? Do you think that was the right decision? I don't think he should ever play football again, but if you look at the Sunday game against the Bills and you see him fly back and he hits his head on, he kind of, it's kind of the same as the hit on Thursday. Um, he gets pushed after the throw. He kind of lands on his butt, back, and neck and head. And his head hits the back of the turf in a way that we have seen um, a good amount of other players get concussions from hitting their head on the back of the, hitting back of their head on the turf like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this bigger issue, though. It's whether that was a concussion or not, it's actually second in priority to his spinal cord 
being way too compressed. So when you see his ligaments, his hands and his legs being out of control, that's from his spinal cord pressing down on his nerves. So when he fell back and hit the ground like that, it was almost like a car crash, basically. And in which the amount of force and momentum crunched his spinal cord. Now his head may not have had a concussion. It may have, but it's still not as big of a deal as his spinal cord crunching down on him. Mm. Now, if you want a good example of when we've seen this before, if you remember Ryan Shazier? Yes. Apparently, that was not a big enough cautionary tale because Ryan Shazier should have been the poster boy for, hey, when somebody has very fragile spinal issues and they're playing in the NFL, they won't last long. Mm -hmm. So when after Sunday, he has uh, basically body spasms at the point where he can't control his, his ligaments or even walk off the field. Maybe he even had a concussion too. They didn't even fucking check. Right. Thursday, he plays. Same thing happens. I think it was even a harder hit. The way if you watch, first of all, watch that hit on Thursday, not in slow motion. They showed that thing in slow motion a million times. Yeah. It, it does not do it justice. Watch mm -hmm. it in real motion. The way he swings him back and throws him onto the ground, again, the only thing I can compare it to is a car crash yeah. because of the way your spine will compress in that huge momentum of, of a hit. Again, could have been a concussion. Sadly, that's not even the most dangerous part of that hit. Yeah. He throws up. We saw him doing things with his hands because he literally could not control his it's hands. Neurological his thing. Yeah. spinal cord was pressing so hard on his nerves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, right now, there, there, is, there is no medical fix for this. There is no operation. There is nothing they can do. They can make you stabilize a little bit. They put fucking metal bars in you. That shit ain't going to help you for long. And it's definitely not going to help you play NFL. Mm -hmm. Two is going to be a cautionary tale and it will happen sooner than later. The people, the management in fucking Miami should be fired and sued. They're a bunch of fucking pieces of shit. I mean, yes. So do you think that this is the fault of one person? Though? I mean, the, the person was fired that ran the, ran the test. No, I wasn't his made... call at all. I wasn't his call at all. I he, mean, he, he ran some tests and gave them facts. Other people made the decision to put him back in the game and play him Thursday. Now, if they go ask Tua, Tua's young and stupid enough to be like, oh, I'm a competitor. Oh, I'm trying to – because Mike McDaniels goes over to him and goes, you want to be in the Hall of Fame? Well, Hall of Famers don't sit out games. So he fucking jogs back out there. It's not fucking smart, though, and he needs to be held back for his own safety. Wouldn't that be anybody in the NFL, though? Don't you think? Not anybody. Not anybody. Don't, don't you think that any, but, any oh, yeah, player – would would uh, uh, What's it called? Um, luck. Would Luck have done that? No, Luck chose his life and his uh, and his health over it. Would Peyton Manning do it? No, Peyton Manning literally took off a whole year for his life and his health because at this point, Tua is going to end up being a freaking a, a potato. He's going to end up being a vegetable in his 30s. Mm -hmm. it, it's not going to be pretty. These are things you have to make decisions for uh, for yourself. And if you remember before Tua came into the NFL, what was my main uh, criticism about him? Uh, that he, he couldn't take fragile. hits. Yeah, he was fragile. Yes, he dropped it. He dropped in the draft because he was fragile. And in my mind, I said, 
why the fuck would a guy that can't handle hits in the college football be able to handle hits in the NFL? And he yeah. can't. Right. He, he cannot. I mean, yes, it just he does seem very fragile. And if you're going to be that, have that kind of fragility, um, one of the things that you need to be taught, and I think that every quarterback should look at this and take a page out of the Tom Brady's playbook. Uh, get rid of that ball fast. Don't jump around the pocket. Don't mm-hmm. roll out. Make sure you're getting rid of that mm-hmm. ball fast and, and get it out. I mean, you've got the receivers that don't really uh, coincide with that strategy because they are very big, deep threats that you need to kind of buy time for them to have routes that, that develop. Um, but you have to protect yourself. You have to. And I'm not blaming Tua by any means. In fact, I'm not blaming anybody in this situation. This is football. I hate to say it. And I, I you know what? It's a yeah, very but he might be sport. carted off the field for the final time in his life if they keep doing this shit. Sure. It is, it, this, there, there is a difference between playing a sport and, and being safe. Like they, they've, they've been pu- pushing this whole heads up football crap since Ryan Shazier got hurt. What are they going to push after this? Because this isn't going to end pretty. This no. is not going to end with Tua holding a trophy. This is going to end with Tua being able to barely hold anything in his fucking hand. Yeah. And listen, I, I'm not sitting here trying to defend what anybody did. I think that I don't, I'm not going to go as far as to say that Tua should never play football again because this is his dream and his life's work. It is. If you play in the NFL, this is your life's work. This is what you've dreamed about. Nobody gets to the NFL on a, on a whim. Nobody gets to the NFL. Uh, that's just lucky. They've put in a lot of hard work and they've, they've really tried to do this. And if a doctor, if a medical representative who's their life's work is being a medical representative tells you that you're okay to go back out there on the field, you're going to go out there on the field. Now, there's one person in between there, in between those two, the medical doctor and Tua, and that's the head coach. Okay? The head coach could have said, listen, don't feel comfortable with you going out four days after this. And no one would have blinked an eye. That story would never would have gone anywhere. You know, they would have lost the game anyway, probably. And we'll talk about that in a second. It's not doesn't change the scoreboard at all. And you could have one week and let that kind of separate. Because whether he had a concussion or not, you know, with my children, you know, I have a little boy, a two-year-old boy. When he falls down and he hits his head, I automatically, the first thing that comes in my mind is he had a concussion. If he falls off the couch and hits his head, he starts crying. Did you have a concussion? If he smacks his head on the wall, whatever. I mean, little kids do that. Do you have a concussion? Like, I treat it like a concussion. Keep his eyes open. Keep his head off the screen. Don't let him fall asleep. I know that's kind of like an old wives' tale that you shouldn't let people uh, fall asleep when they have concussion. But there's a checklist of things that you should do when somebody has Mm -hmm. any neurological condition. I don't think any of those were followed because uh, one doctor just said he doesn't have a concussion, that it was a back problem or an ankle problem. Like, I think that's kind of what happened there. And if my son 
got hurt and I took him to the doctor and they said, well, he doesn't have a concussion. I'm not letting him go home and jump on the couch. <laughs> you know, like you kind of take a little bit and you're like, Hey, yeah. take it easy for a little bit. Uh, so it's enough for an NFL player to play on a Sunday and then come out four days later and play football. Like I'm selfish in that I love Thursday night football because I love football and I love watching it. And I'm like jonesing for Sunday. So I get a little taste of that on Thursday, but it's not fair to the players. It really isn't football. It's really is a, It's a physically taxing sport. It is ridiculously physically taxing and to ask somebody to do it four days after they just did it is rough um it it's it's not cool i mean we see it this week you got jonathan taylor out uh, you also obviously. have to remember though that in that game on sunday they put him back in at the end yes it wasn't just of getting injured on sunday and then having him play again on thursday and getting injured. they even put him back in the game that sunday mm-hmm. Like some kind of heroic so, thing, like let's get the win, and that's not cool. No, that's, it was that's like not cool. Yeah, it was like Mike McDaniel's playing Madden. Is what it felt like when your player goes out and it asks you later, "Do you want to put him back in? Just say fuck it." And he was like, "Yeah, just put him back in there. Fuck it." Chance of injury, like, very very high. Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, it happened. <laughs> I mean, we've seen like stuff like Matt Stafford where he had just a. I think his elbow was just messed up or he broke something and he went out there and threw the game winning touchdown, his arm about to fall off. Like, great. That's heroic. You know, his arm, but that's, that's that's different. It's not neurological, right? It's exactly, that's not as serious because his arm will heal and and whatever. So even, even Justin Herbert's rib cartilage the other week. Yes. That was a pure pain thing, you know, Um, you know, it could be a little bit more of a long-term issue, but it's a matter of him being able to do this or not. He's still going to have a quality of life, you know, it's, it's, it's a very big difference. So I do understand the toughness factor of it and the competitiveness factor. It's just that sometimes somebody in charge needs to make the right decision, Mm -hmm. not somebody that has everything on the line to try to win the game. Of course, they're going to tell Tua to go back in. Right. So yeah yeah just uh it was a rough situation all around and so while it's a weird thing to transition to i think it needs to be talked about um is miami in trouble without tua is this the same team with teddy two gloves behind behind the center um i mean it's definitely not the same team um they could still do well i don't i don't see them winning the super bowl teddy bridgewater by any means um, I mean, I thought they were still going to have some issues with Tua under center, but I mean, honestly, now it's just a lot of wasted talent. Yeah, is, is what it is what it feels like. Um, I don't think they can move the ball down the field nearly as much. Teddy's never really been a guy that's going to throw the yard twenty or throw the ball twenty plus yards. Um, he's what we just talked about. I mean, he likes to get rid of the ball fast. I would definitely downgrade Hill. I mean, you saw I trade him away. I know that interview came up with, hey, Tyreek, uh, you know, are you going to, are you concerned about Tua being out? And he said, I'll put up numbers with you to the, to the person interviewing him. Like, I think Tyreek Hill, I think that's correct in a sense that Tyreek Hill is going to put up top 10, top 20 numbers with literally any quarterback. 
just because of the way he creates separation and his speed. Um, but I don't think that the offense runs nearly as well. So I think it's going to be uh, farther in between those big plays. And I would downgrade him for sure. He's not worth the mm-hmm. same as if Tua is starting. And we don't know. I mean, it won't be this week, but we do not know what happens to Tua after week five. You know, mm-hmm. there are going to, if he hits the field in week six, there's going to be riots in the streets of people saying that, you know, this is stupid and, and, and the NFL is so greedy and you're just, it's like the Coliseum and like all this sort of stuff. Um, you could see Tua just be out three or four or five weeks. I mean, realistically, even if he's cleared, I don't, I don't know, but the you thing know. Is, the thing is, is that the, the space between his nerves and his spine is not getting better. It technically actually gets worse every day just because of aging. Uh, yeah. And then you throw him back into a car wreck or two. And so it doesn't yeah. matter if it's next week or the week after that or six weeks or next year. His spine is what it is. It right. doesn't, your spine doesn't get better. It only gets worse. Yep. So. All right. Let's talk about the Rams. Are the, the Rams Super Bowl winners? Are they one and done? Is this a team that you were impressed by at all on Monday? Well, if you got you got to look at the fact that you know what did they do to win that Super Bowl last year? They sold out. They traded all their picks. They signed every one year decent player they could find you know so now with all those extra pieces gone and basically no depth because they were all you know superficial basically yeah this year isn't gonna look great to them because it's not like you know in the past where it's like oh you know the patriots won the super bowl and they're coming back with all 52 starters no Mm -hmm. they've got like 32 starters what they had last year like it's not it's just it's it's a different it's a different team and it's you know so it's I don't, you know, even, and then on top of that, you throw in things like Stafford's elbow and things like that, you know, and the fact that even if you did win the Super Bowl and all came back, guess what? Every team you play for them, it's their Super Bowl, because even if they're 0-4, if they beat you, they feel really good about themselves. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get everybody's best shot. So I don't see them repeating this year. They might even miss the playoffs. Yeah, I, I have missed the playoffs for sure. Uh you know, I, I'm talking about where's the fantasy value fit with them. Listen, mm-hmm. last year you had Stafford, OBJ, Robert Woods, and Cup. You had uh, Daryl Henderson in the backfield with Sony Michelle as a one-two punch. Uh, Stafford was healthy as far as we know. Okay, He was playing at a really high level, um, really moving the ball. Stafford's injured. You don't have a third receiver. Tutu Atwell, Skoranek, like it's not there compared to somebody like Robert Woods as a slot guy. Um, OBJ on the outside, it was what seems like leaps and bounds ahead of Allen Robinson. And you could Mm -hmm. say, oh, well, Stafford's not throwing his way. It just, I mean, whoever you want to blame for that connection, it's not happening. I actually want to blame Cooper Cup for that. Uh, he keeps talking about the fact that they had like an extra 500 hours of pra- outside practice last year, um, outside of practice, meaning another 500 hours of throwing for Stafford. Mm-hmm. That's probably where, where his elbow went. I mean, if we keep equating amount of touches to running backs and how they'll be injured the next year, we should probably equate amount of throws 
and double practice time to Stafford's elbow being done this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. The more you throw, the more, uh, you know, you, you put your, your health at risk. I mean, it, it, that's, that's a logical thing. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't want to hark back to that trade, but I think you'd be absolutely insane to trade for Matthew Stafford. I mean, he just does not look healthy and it's not a situation where they're going to pull him. And there's not, it's, it's just a situation where they're going to try to play, play through it. There'll be bright spots here and there. I mean, obviously you have Cooper cup who's an insane wide receiver, but you're not, it's not going to be pretty for the rest of the year for me. Uh, Eagles, best team in the NFL. I don't want to say they're the best team in the NFL. They've played really well in the games that they've played against. Um, but I would like to see them play um, some bigger teams, um, some teams that have had some more playoff experience, things like that. Mm-hmm. They are doing very well, though. I am very impressed with their defense. Uh, they they manhandled the Jaguars last week, which Jaguars have actually looked pretty good this year so far. Um, I'm still – I'm still kind of on the bills, honestly, because they lost that one game to the Ravens, but they had like eight starters out on defense. So I'm not holding that against them. No, they beat the um, Ravens. They lost to um Oh, that's what it was the Dolphins. Dolphins. Yep. Yeah. Which Dolphins. isn't gonna happen again anymore because that's not the same team. So. And division game on the road. And it was yeah. really damn hot. But yeah, no. Eagles aren't the best team in the NFL. They're close. They're, they're, good, they're doing good. They're moving the ball. They're mm-hmm. a great offense. Mm-hmm. They might be the best team in the NFC. Bills are the best team in the NFL, and it's not particularly close right now. Uh, their their offense moves like a machine, and yeah, their defense is even without the corners and the and the secondary. They're playing at a very high level. Uh, last overreaction Wednesday, Kenny Pickett time. I told you. I've been telling you for weeks, and you have rebuttaled and said that it would not that he's not going to pull him. Tell me, are you excited for Kenny Pickett? Not right now. I thought that was a terrible decision. As far as coaching goes, mm-hmm. you literally – Tomlin smiled as he as he lost to the Browns on Thursday, thinking, whatever, we're going to do something else later. So instead of starting Trubisky against the Browns, you start him late against the Jets, and he still loses the Jets and turns over the ball three times. So basically on paper, he can't beat the Jets – so that's not good. A quarterback can't beat the Jets, isn't going to last long in the NFL. So good confidence started there. And then let, let's look to the future. It's going to be real good here. We're at the Buffalo Bills next. So Kenny Pickett's first start is on the road at Buffalo, what we just said is the best team in the league, and arguably any, anybody else would say that too. How is that fucking smart? I'm just curious. I'm looking for any smart part in that decision-making process because you ain't going to fucking find it because after that week, you're going to go to – you play Tampa Bay. So after he gets his ass kicked by Josh Allen and the Bills and probably throws four interceptions just trying to keep up, he has to go play fucking Tom Brady. Wow, genius, Tomlin. Let's keep the ball rolling. They're at the Dolphins next. Mm, mm-hmm. Not great, but if two is back by then, puts up 30 or 40 points, again – Pressure on Pickett because guess what the Steelers defense is doing? Jack fucking shit right now. So after that, it gets even better. They're at the Eagles, the other team we said that might be the best team in the league. So what part of this decision-making process was beneficial for Steelers, Kenny Pickett, or even a Kenny Pickett owner? Because it sounds like a whole lot of fucking crap that's about to be spilled all over the Steelers fans. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, you're putting him in a bad position going on the road against Bills. I, I You're putting uh, him in a position that might destroy his confidence for the rest of his career. Uh, I don't know about that. He might be David Carr after these four weeks. I, It would be really tough to bet against him this upcoming game. Would you bet on him on any of those games? Um, You just saw him throw three interceptions against the Jets. Against what? The I wouldn't bet. I, I wouldn't bet with the bill on the Bills or the Steelers in this in this weekend's game. I I would bet on forty five to three. Will be what's the, the score. next game after that? Tampa Bay. I would bet on him against Tampa Bay if I got a good spread. I would. Like I have a lot of confidence 20. in Kenny Pickett. Listen, the Steelers' offense. I mean, you know this pretty well. Has a lot of weapons. Fire moves. Deontay Johnson. Yeah, but as long as Matt Canada is still up top playing fucking a puppeteer like like a blind fucking bat, none of it matters. He spent three weeks developing a shovel pass. It got called back on a flag, and that was it. That was the whole master plan of his offense. He he moves the pocket like you can only throw to a third of the field every time you're throwing. He does play actions without ever doing the run. He does a play action pass with ever out ever doing the run. So why would they ever bite on the run? It's the dumbest offense I could even imagine. Someone p- doing a, a like play action thing on or just a play sequence thing on Madden would have better time than him. They're they in a terrible offense. Matt Matt Cannon needs to go. Everything he does has no sequential process to it. Mm-hmm. Everything is a standalone play. The offense is terrible. There's no fake. There, there's no reason having any faith in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they do need to change up the the play call. They need to do need to change up some things on on that end. But uh, but yeah, no, I I I have confidence in him. I think he's talented. I think that he'll he's going to make throws that that uh, that Trubisky couldn't. And I think he's oh. going to he's going to try oh, yeah. and, he's going to try things that Trubisky wouldn't. Trubisky's whole thing was don't fuck up. Right, that was his whole thing. Don't lose the job by fucking up, because if you fuck up, you, you're gonna lose. And he ended up losing the job by being inefficient and and not being able to do anything. Okay, because they you know they weren't moving. Uh, Pickett's thing now is, I mean, he's free and clear to go out and try a few things. All right, you know, there his there's not a lot of expectations on him to go out and and throw 40, 50 touchdowns. You know, people aren't saying, well, you got to be Justin Herbert out there. Uh, he can go out and, and do some things, try some things. So, um, yeah, no, I, I think that the, the, that the, it's a fine decision for him to come in. I think that it's going to be uh, good for him, good for Deontay Johnson going forward. I think it's good for uh, the, the values of Claypool and Pickens and Friarly. I think Claypool has any value. And honestly, I think it's better. I think the whole offense is lifted. Najee. I think Najee has more opportunity. I can guarantee you that in the first two games, the Steelers put up more points than they did the first four games. I can almost guarantee you that. It's going – they're going to move the ball. There may be some mistakes. There may be pick sixes. There may be fumbles. There may be miscues. They're going to put up points. I I truly believe that, and and with that, they're going to put up fantasy points. So, I guess we'll just have to see. I I think you'll be happy either way. 
Um, if he doesn't end up being David Carr and the Steelers by week, I'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> because I think for Tomlin to have not started him at the beginning of the season when they were playing the Bengals, Patriots, Browns, and Jets, and to wait until they're playing the Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, and Eagles. Mm-hmm. It just seems like the decision that an extremely ignorant person would make. Um, I don't mean to be offensive in that. It just doesn't make any sense. I usually look for logic. And it seems like he let the stadium's uh, attendance make his decision for him. Um, because I fully assume at the Bills this weekend will be about 45 to 10 and Pickett will have about four interceptions and that will do wonders for his, for his confidence. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we'll have to see. I'm, I'm excited for Pickett. Obviously I have him on my fantasy team. Lots of shares of Pickett. I think, I hope he does well. Uh, I hope he does too. Yeah. Team that most disappointed you this week. I think it's kind of it's kind of been every week for me. The Raiders are just so bad right now. Like I expected so much more out of them with their offense with Darren Waller and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr to at least be decent. And they just they just can't seem to get anything to put anything together or at least, you know, put four quarters together essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're kind of been the biggest disappointment for me. What about you? Uh the Panthers. I'm fucking done. I'm so fucking <laughs> You're jumping done. off the bad way? I'm so fucking done. Like, if you go back and listen to all of our podcasts that we've done this season, I've been kind of a Panthers apologist. I've said Baker's going to do well. He gives him a new aspect. He's got all these weapons, whether it be DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. He can move those tight ends around. Um, he's going to move the ball down the field. He got. He can't get the ball over the fucking D-line. He got swatted four times in two drives. He overthrew... He throws overthrew DJ Moore. He threw behind DJ Moore. He was, you know, trying to hit people. It's like that kind of shit contributes to other people playing terribly. There was a few drops by Robbie Anderson. I don't blame Robbie Anderson, even though there were catchable balls. It's like this team is just they're flat. And people out there talking about Sam Darnold coming in. This is just a terrible situation for Carolina. Like. Did you see over the weekend, okay, Daniel Jones goes out, Tyrod Taylor gets hurt, and for the fourth quarter, the Giants ran Wildcat with Saquon and won the fucking game. Like, Panthers need to do that. (laughs) I don't know, man. The Panthers need to do that. They need to, like, have – and if they're not going to do that, then they need to have a lot more shit going on in the backfield than they do now. They need to have – People moving around, whether it be DJ Moore or Christian McCaffrey, they need to move them all over the place and have more deception because right now it's so fucking flat having Baker just have a three-step drop and try to throw it out. He's just not doing a good job. It's terrible. It's terrible to watch, and it's it's terrible to watch as a DJ Moore owner uh, to to see him fail like that So or, or not get utilized enough. So, yeah, no, the Panthers disappointed me. Uh, what, what team most impressed you this weekend? Uh, you know, I really like Philly. Philadelphia has just been really good. Yep. Um, you know, their offensive line, the way they manhandled Jacksonville this week, and I know it doesn't sound like much, but Jacksonville has been playing really well this year, and including Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, the the way they were able to get 
pressure on Trevor Lawrence by just rushing four with Hassan Reddick on the, on the edge was huge because if they can get pressure with four and not blitzing, then everybody is going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was impressed by the Cowboys. How do they keep winning? Mm-hmm. I was, I bet against them. I think Cincinnati, the Cooper rushed the first game. Uh, they are playing hell a good defense. Their defense is playing really, really well. Um, Cooper Rush is managing the game and throwing touchdowns and moving the ball down the field efficiently, uh, utilizing Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Not like fantasy wise, they're not great, but they're they're winning football games. Um, impressed with Cowboys. Impressed with what they're doing because there have been years in the past where they found any and every way to lose, and now they're finding any and every way to win. So. Good for you, Cowboys. Player that most disappointed you over the weekend? Um, this, again, is kind of one that's kind of been over the season for me is Aaron Rodgers. I just feel like for people that drafted him, you know, yes, they've their offense is getting slight, slowly better each each and every week, but he's nowhere near the point total that you would want him to be at uh, for, for your quarterback. You know, he's at like 60 points right now, mm-hmm. you know, sitting there – Next to Jacoby Brissett and Ryan Tannehill, that's not anywhere somewhere uh, an Aaron Rodgers owner would think they would be with him right now. Um, I do see him getting better. It's just so far he's been pretty disappointing point-wise. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Player that impressed you the most of the weekend? Lamar Jackson. I know he's not scoring much in the fourth quarter to win those games, but those first three quarters have just been amazing. And – I mean, until he really does get hit by a Mack truck, basically, he pretty much is the MVP. Yep. Um, yeah. What about you? I uh, was big on Jared Goff. I know. I can't really compliment Jared Goff enough. Um, he did it with really honestly receivers that are Khalif Raymond. I mean, <laughs> come on. Josh Reynolds. These are people we didn't see in hard knocks. Like, like he was rolling out there and and spreading out this offense and playing very well and making great decisions. I know we're talking about a Seattle defense, but this isn't the first time he's done this all year. Jared Goff's really, really impressed me this season. I, I really honestly think that he's a top 10 quarterback going forward. I greatly, greatly regret trading him away at what I thought was a an apex for him, a, a, a high point. Mm-hmm. Um, don't trade him. If you're looking to to restructure your team and try to put a spark in, Jared Goff is that spark. Don't get rid of him. In fact, add more Lions pieces around him. You will be successful. That that's a that's a good team. Um, let's do a kicker roundup real quick. We're not going to have a, a, a too much longer in the podcast here, but I, I do want to get this in. Kicker roundup. Give me. I, so, fantasy pundits often say. You can't predict kicker points, defensive points and kicker points like team defense and kicker points. Mm-hmm. Can't predict them. They're wild. Uh, here's the thing. I have a formula for kickers. I know I have Justin Tucker, so it's kind of like whatever. But if I was going to look for a kicker right now, I would I like I don't think it's worth it to trade Justin Tucker at this point. But if I there is a kicker out there that I really, really like. Can you give me a kicker that you would pick up right now over some of the kickers that are owned in our league? 
I mean, I really like Graham Gano. I think yeah. that the Giants offense is a lot better this year than people expected. Mm-hmm. Then it's really all through the run game, through Saquon and even Daniel Jones running the ball, which then equates to not much of a pass game. So when they get to the red zone, they get a little stopped up and they have to kick. The other clutch part of that is having a coach that has lost enough games to know that taking three points is not a loss. Taking three points is still three points because for instance, like you were just saying, you have Justin Tucker who normally, normally John Harbaugh is all about taking the points because he has the best kicker in the league. This past weekend, he went for it on fourth and they lost the game. That's not, I don't know. That, that's the kind of thing where like, because there are certain coaches that are always just like, yeah, fuck it, go for it. We got, I got a statistician. He says, statistically wise, we have a better chance. Of, and it's like, you know what? Yeah. You're fucking wrong. That's poor bad IQ and you're a dumbass. You're not going to last long as head coach mm-hmm. because you need to take the points. And then you have guys like, like uh, I know we called him a terrible head coach, but the uh, Broncos head coach, who will let Brandon McManus go out there and kick a 65-yarder? So it's like there's – there's I think it's a balance of offense and the head coach for your, and obviously the kicker too. But it's really just a matter of like those two things being good enough and putting the kicker in the right position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I'm going with – and somebody needs to pick this guy up now, Eddie Pinheiro. As much as I've talked shit about the Panthers and how terrible they are, they've been stopped in the red zone or or outside the red zone um, eight times thus far this year. He's made every one of them. Uh, He's made every PAT they have, six of them. And (laughs) he hasn't missed. I know, I know. It's not that great, but he hasn't missed. He hasn't missed. That's the formula. Mm. Go get somebody that's not going to fuck up. Okay? Don't. Like have somebody that's gonna do that's gonna come out and every time they come out to kick is gonna make it. That's a good kicker. Eddie Pinheiro needs to be picked up. I think, like you said, we had some people in our league that had owned some kickers, like that the twentieth like, kicker in the league. <laughs> uh, we have a oh well a Harrison Bucker owner. I mean, I guess that's ownable, but not yeah. really. I mean, if you can, we have an IR spot, so if you want to hold on to him, but yeah. Does Jason someone have Sanders. Harrison Butker in, in their yes. IR? Yes. That's the that's such a waste. I would rather have nothing in my IR. Harrison <laughs> Butker isn't going to come back and do anything great. He, all he's going to do is come back and, and kick extra points. That's the kind of thing I was that's, talking about. That's Between the ego like, yeah. and, and talent of the quarterback and the offensive scheming of the head coach, they will go for it on fourth down more often than kicking it. So, like, all you're hoping for is – for them to score 50 points and you to get six PATs. That's like your, that's like your ceiling. That's the ridiculous. idea that point after touchdowns, that extra points are going to carry your kicker is the stupidest thing in a good offense or even a great offense. You don't want that kicker. He's yeah. going to get, there are some games where they're going to score seven touchdowns and you're going to get seven points. While the kicker for the team that struggles, the kicker for Carolina, the kicker for Houston, is going to come out and kick a bunch of field goals, and they're going to depend on him offensively way more than they will your kicker. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's dumb to me. Um, but but yeah, so somebody like Jason Sanders right now who's missed an extra point and a fifty-plus yarder, five field goals all the year. I mean. 
you gotta look at the statistics. I know people don't like to use moves. We're on a move limit, but come on, you gotta do better at kicker. Some people gotta do better at kicker. There's good kickers out there in our league. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say that about every position. Wide receiver, running back, it's dry, dry as a bone. Uh, yeah. Kicker, there's there's some out there for sure. Uh, let's see. Last week, gambling corner Thursday night. Uh, I I actually won two and two on the year, uh, three nice. and one for props on the year. Um, this uh, Thursday you got no Johnson Taylor, okay. Uh, you have them going on the road against a Denver team that's struggled pretty mightily. I mean, the easy bet here is Denver minus three and a half. That's easy, right? Mm. The easier will be Denver minus three and a half and the under because these teams won't score points. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lock in the over. The over 42. Why? Because I think both these teams figure out a way to score on Thursday night. They're going to come out and they're going to, I mean, we're talking about three touchdowns per a piece. That's it. Three touchdowns a piece. Come out and do that. And I think they can. I don't know if, if uh, Denver's going to be able to uh, – or I'm sorry, Indianapolis is going to be able to move the ball as well, but their defense is beat up. Shaq Leonard's not playing again. Jonathan Taylor, like I said, is not playing. Um, Matt Ryan's been struggling. You know, you might see some defensive touchdowns sprinkled in here. I would think that Denver rolls here, but it's going to be over 42. Um, That's that's my lock. Um, As far as a prop, I'm going to take the Denver defensive touchdown. I think that... uh, Mm -hmm. They've looked pretty good, especially at home. Denver's a really tough play, 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 place to go into and, and win a game. And if Matt Ryan is doing desperation throws, uh, I could think uh, PS2 might might scoop one up or, or pick one off and, and take it back for the house. So, I could not agree more. I think that's uh, exactly a play we will see. Um, I think without Jonathan Taylor back there, you know, there'll be defensively playing – the pass a lot more. I think Matt Ryan was already struggling even when behind the play action of Jonathan Taylor. So yeah, I could see him throwing a very desperate and hopeful pass that gets uh, taken home by Patrick Sertain the second. Um, yep. Is there, can you bet 42 exactly? Because I feel like it's yes. going to be 28 to 14. Yes, you can bet that and it pays out really high. Yeah. Do that or that second touchdown the Colts try to go to, they go for it on fourth, they don't get it, so it ends up being rarely is there a push. Rarely is there an over under push. Mm. But yeah, I like Denver. I like Denver in that game for sure. Yeah. Uh, As far as my Sunday bets and just looking at it right now, um, I love an underdog parlay. I'm feeling an underdog parlay. Going into the weekend, Seattle against New Orleans. Okay, we saw New Orleans come out Mm -hmm. and uh, play pretty well in London against Minnesota. Uh, But they're, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, Seattle's plus five and a half. Okay, Mm -hmm. going into New Orleans. I don't like Dalton. I don't think that offense really was smooth. I think they had to have some things fall their way, and Minnesota kind of faltered there at the end to let him get back in the game. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle could win this outright after looking at him last week. Um, another one I like is, which is 
really, I don't know what's going on. Detroit plus three against New England with Bailey Zappi. Did you see enough about out of Bailey Zappi to minus three against Detroit, who just who has put up thirty five plus points in every game they played? The only thing I can think of is let me check Detroit's all time record at New England. That's probably what they're looking at. I hate those. Those metrics are, to me, disgusting. Well, the, well, the thing is, you also have to look at. Oh, well, they lead. New England leads seven five, but Detroit won the last meeting in twenty eighteen, twenty six to ten. I think what they're trying to look at the fact is kind of like franchise wise. Mm-hmm. At home, New England Patriots on the road, Detroit Lions. They're like, whoever's starting a quarterback, like the other 51 guys on the team for New England are, should be able to win that just on the fact that they're going to walk out and go, we can't lose to the Lions. Yeah. But I like I like the Lions in it too. I, I don't do. Think, I don't think Zappi's going to have another big game. I think you're going to see the reason why he's a backup quarterback. And the fact that the Patriots team isn't even that good to begin with. Even if Mac Jones was out there, I would still take the Lions. He's not even the Patriots the are boring. He's the backup backup. That's He's right. the backup backup. Man, yeah. come on. This, I mean, we're working with an offense that had already struggled with Mac Jones. And we're talking about the third string quarterback, and they are favored by three against a team that has been lights out offensively. I don't know. I think that that's an absolute crazy line. Maybe I look like a dummy come Sunday because Bailey Zappi is actually moving the ball or golf struggles for the first time, but Jesus, I, I'm taking, I'm taking that. So Seahawks lions, I'm, I'm going to go money line on these and the jets Miami's coming off. I mean, everybody hates Miami right now. Teddy two gloves going into uh, New York on the road. Jets are plus three jets showed that they can battle against the Steelers last week. Zach Wilson yeah, the Steelers gave them suck. true, but I mean, kind of, I mean, they had some Trubisky problems, but I like the Jets. I would not, I didn't think I'd say this preseason Seahawks, Lions, Jets parlay. I mean, let's just, I mean, take a little quick gander. I won't take your time up for too long, but let's, let's just see how that, how that pays out here. 145, 145, 195, 17 to 1. Not bad. Hundred bucks gets you seventeen hundred dollars. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. It's, it's a hot parlay. I, I like it. I yeah. do like it. Yep. Survivor pick this week. Uh, do I dare go underdog for a survivor pick? I mean, would you? Who would? You, who would your survivor pick? Who's a no doubt not gonna lose game? I like Tennessee over Washington. Wow. Minus two and a half. That's that would be if you wanted to get Tennessee out of your survivor pool, that would be the one for sure. Yeah. Washington sucks a lot of it sucks a lot. Um I'd go with them. It's just yeah, I, I don't know. Tampa Bay over Atlanta, maybe uh, that might be another I one. I like Tampa Bay over pretty Atlanta. Pretty easy. Yeah. Tampa Bay over Atlanta or at this point Minnesota against Chicago. I know it's a um Division game. game. I saw that one too, but Chicago's yeah, I just, offense I just don't like is game. brutal, brutal yeah. to watch. Disgusting. It's just Kirk Cousins. I feel like is on on or off. Either he's either he's really good or he's really bad. Yeah, or he's a little above. <laughs> could be. Could be. Um, 
we'll just have to say. All right, that's about it, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Anything else you got for before we leave, Scott? No, that's it. I mean, we just got a we got a big week looking ahead right now. I need to get a win. I think you'd like a win as well. I'd love a win. Uh, you know, I'm I'm playing I'm playing against. Let me check the quarterbacks I'm playing. Who's gonna go just absolutely nuts this week against me? Oh yeah, Hurts, Jalen Hurts, and Zappy. So maybe we're wrong. Is that Hurts and Zappy are gonna go Hurts and Zappy lights out? Like this You're week. gonna go Hurts and week, Zappy. So. I've got. Yeah, uh... watch out for your parlay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zappy, dude, if Zappy throws four touchdowns, uh, this just ain't our year. Um, yeah. I'm going Lamar it. Mariota. So Ooh, look out for Lamar there. You guys tough. Well, Sunday night football. That's not going to be something I'm looking forward to. Anyway, it was good talk to you this week, man. Uh, always, always fun. Yep. Uh, we thanks for for tuning in, guys. We will see you guys the same time, same place next week. See ya. Yeah.